Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the thunder? Just remember when you come up. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, previewing the final major of the 2021 PGA season, the Open Championship. I still call it the British Open, but I've been told I'm not supposed to call it the British Open. So the Open Championship is going down this week, the final major. I love this major. Should be a fun one. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BDN. Check the podcast at Always Press DFS. And my co-host is always on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man? I'm doing good, dude. I'm kind of confused. I thought this was the Barbasol podcast. We're, <laughs> We're doing that. That's that's the late night special. That, that's coming uh, up later. I was, we have to wait wait and see how many withdrawals from the Open go to the Barbasol. That's where we're yeah, waiting for. I, I, nobody who's withdrawn from the Open is going <laughs> to the Barbasol. That <laughs> field yeah, is something bad. else. But I do have a few picks if we get to the end. Remind me. Oh no, we can definitely do that because it is your uh, it's your national event. It's your uh, it's your deal. So I'm surprised. I'm surprised you're not playing like in the pro am or something. As the pro, well, it costs like twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, you have to, that's what people don't understand. It's like a big charitable thing. Yeah, fuck that. Like the like the the AT and T one out here. Like I know guys that have played in it, and like the, the big celebrities, they probably still do their donations, no doubt. But the not so big name celebrities you see playing out there, it's like minimum twenty five. It's a long, a lot of money. Like a lot, yeah. and like you have to like show like hours of doing stuff. And like one guy, I know it's because he like runs the first tee of like north monterey county and stuff like that so you have to like really put in the time and the money to make that happen so yeah it's not just like hey i want to go sign up for the pro-am <laughs> i'm with you but uh yeah it's gonna be a fun one first up before we get into the open and dom is in the chat i want to shout out dom um if you guys are on the slack chat i know we talk about it a lot and it's not for everybody a it's free so it should be for everybody b dom does amazing work in there for like any event he's always involved he'll answer questions he'll find data for whatever you want for majors he goes like all in like he basically doesn't care about the week before an event and starts researching he has a google doc that he's got in there that we're using he's got he just drops stuff left and right i have the google doc pulled up i'm going to use some of it straight up for like the course preview stuff because it's easier than the 12 things i look at he's got it all so i recommend checking that out don does great work over there um jesse did you watch any of the john deere uh, I watched a little bit on like Thursday, I think, and uh, a little bit on Saturday, and that was about it. Uh, I was uh, very uninterested. My team sucked, so it didn't grab my interest. Yeah, the good after Bo, after our boy Bo, Bo Hostler, <laughs> shit the bed. I love it because we were all we finally decided it's time for our Bo Hostler weeks. He's playing great. I text Jesse after Thursday's round where he's like two or three over. I'm like, um, so yeah, about Bo. And he goes, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't checked anything all day. So I kind of tell him, he goes, huh. So the next day he gives us hope, Jesse. He gives us yeah, hope. I know. I know. And <laughs> just shattered our dreams. But um, I blame it on you yeah, for, for yeah. tweeting. It was me. It was my fault. <laughs> it was totally my fault. I pulled, I, I, I won't say who I pulled, but I pulled one. And um, yeah, it's the second straight week where my Thursdays have looked outstanding and the Friday's just gone up in flames. So that's yeah. been fun, fun stuff. But I, I figure I'm saving the mojo for our major. I hope it so. It matters the most. So that'd be yes, fun. Sir. Um, I love link style golf because I'm not a big hitter, so links play into my kind of forte. So that's always a beautiful thing. Um, before we get into all of this, do you have some past event history, I guess, for the Open Championship, for Royal St. George's, for whatever you prefer? Yeah, um, I thought I did. Yeah, I do. So 
the last time it was at Royal St. George was 2011. And Darren Clark was your winner at five under, three shots over DJ and Phil Mickelson. So, I mean, that's really all that, you know, matters. They did have one in 2003. Ben Curtis won it at one under. One shot over Thomas Bjorn, Vijay Singh. None of these people are in the field. It doesn't matter. Um, and they also had one in uh, 1993. Greg Norman won it. So as far as like actual like course history, that that's it. But event history, last year or two years ago, didn't have one last year, canceled. Shane Lowry was your champion, been, been champion for a long time now. Long, I think the longest champion ever in the history of the event. <laughs> 15 under, sh- uh, six, sh- six shots over Tommy Fleetwood. 2018 was uh, Franny's year. Um, eight under, two shots over Kisner, McElroy, Rose, Xander. Uh, 2017 was Jordan Spieth. Go get that. Uh, 12 under, three shots over Matt Kuchar. Uh, Henrik Stenson in the battle of Henrik and uh, Phil Mickelson won it in 2016, 20 under three shots over Phil Zach Johnson somehow won this event at St. Andrews by just hitting every wedge to two feet, uh, 15 under in a playoff over Leishman and Ustazen. Rory's a past winner. Phil's won this before. Um, Usti has, this is his lone, uh, as far as major goes, this is his lone major. Stuart Sink has won this major in the past. Tiger Woods has won it three times. Only three? Only three okay. times. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I loved it when you threw out the – for those that didn't understand when you said go get that, that's uh, one of the great ones. That's when Spieth was in his prime prime. Like he's, he's kind of back. I'll give him that. He's kind of getting back. But that was when he's in his heyday of just like he just – he's drains a putt and tells his guy get uh, go get that. Mm-hmm. that that was was it but was that the same year that he had to hit it over the grandstands yep. from the other like yeah that well, no, he hit it he hit it like into the like uh driving range driving range and then had to hit it <laughs> over a mound you couldn't see the and yeah mm-hmm. oh that was just legendary stuff that was it that was a fun sunday and then uh the molinari one that was great for many reasons for longtime listeners of the show that was a, a great weekend uh but it was also great because i was reminded of it today on twitter because the internet never forgets that Kisner in his practice rounds wore the 1776 hat around the golf course at the Open Championship. So, you know, you can take the Southern boy out of the South, but you'll never take the Southern boy out of right. you know, It's fucking crazy. Right. So that that kind of stuff, that's the, that's the sense of humor I re- enjoy. That, that's good stuff right there. But um, you mentioned this, this course, it hasn't been played a ton, but one thing it was, the very first Open Championship was at Royal St. George, way back when way back when so it's been a, it's been in a loop for quite some time it's not as active it seems like as the others great golf course it's link style at its finest it's um and then dom also put this in the chat every time he sees a tweet he throws it on that thread but uh the the greens attendant the man in charge over there he basically said compared to 2011 fairways are gonna be wider so it should be quote unquote easier to hit uh, the greens are a little larger and softer, but the goal is still firm and fast by Thursday. Let's keep that in mind. Um, it's going to be it's going to be playing a little less than seventy two hundred yards, and they already said they're going to move the tee boxes around depending on the weather. And the weather is already stating that it's going to be windy AF, as they say. So mm. it's I, I, for the most part, I think starting Thursday morning, it, it, we're talking like anywhere from like fifteen to thirty mile an hour winds at times. But uh, we've also seen on those coastal things that things can, you know, stop at a moment's notice and you'll get some clarity for a while. So, you know, trying to pick the draws interesting. So you got a full field, but unlike other tournaments, they all start on one. 
So there's really no wave advantage. It's more like sections of the day advantages, potentially. So you have to keep that in mind. It is a par 70, a little less than 7,200 yards, as I mentioned. Uh, Royal St. George's Golf Club, I should mention the full name. And it's in the greatest town I think I've ever heard of in Sandwich, England. So um, that's pretty cool stuff. Uh, just seeing the pictures of how they have to get to it. And it's literally right on the coast. That's why weather is a big, big factor here. Always windy. It's definitely a course that if it's not windy, they can have their way with it for the most part. So that's something to keep in mind. But um, very, very undulating fairways. It reminds people of uh, Kapalua, of Augusta, and like you know other linksy style courses that really no flat lies in the fairway. Even sometimes you'll hit a fairway, and next thing you know, you're still over in the rough on the left because you just got the bad break. Nothing you can do about it. So mental toughness is going to be big, which is why you'll hear a lot of past event history is very key here because any linksy course with wind, you're going to get a lot of bad breaks. You just got to be able to deal with them. That's one thing. Also with the wind, you're going to have to be able to scramble very, very well. That's going to be a big thing because hitting greens regulation with the wind is very, very difficult, especially getting to stick if it does get windy and firm and fast. So you have to keep that in mind. So scrambling should come into play. Um, the par fives are scorable, not really for eagles, but you should be able to get birdies there. Um, the last four holes are very, very difficult. Two of them are like the biggest bogey holes on the course, like not in the top five bogey holes on the course. Um, so keep that in mind. If you think you're feeling good going towards the end, it ain't over yet. So you have that as well. It could lead to a fun Sunday also. Um, other than that, it's, it's your typical linksy style stuff. You got the big grasses in the rough that make things fun to hit out of. Um, but overall, you know, bent grass greens with quote unquote fescue in there. It's just accuracy is going to be very, very key, which is not always easy because, again, you might think you hit it accurately and get screwed. So that approach game is going to come into play. But one thing Dom mentioned and a lot of these things they've mentioned is um, in past events here and at other open events, distance still plays a big factor because, like we talked about, if you're going to miss it, at least miss it long type thing because it will give you a chance to come out. Um, There's going to be a lot of weird breaks, bottom line. Like this is one of those. It's not where the U.S. Open where we say, like, all hell breaks loose because it's just built to make you break loose, you can still go low at the Open Championship if you hit it right. But there's so many other factors that's out of the control by AKA the wind. It's going to be fun. It's going to be wild. So with all that said, Jesse, what are you looking at this week? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot of just greens and regulation. I mean, uh, you know, there's just giving yourself a chance to make some putts. It's such different putting over there too than – the greens are slower because they have to be because it's so windy all the time. Um, the grasses are different, uh, you know. So just giving yourself chances at at birdies or whatever. It'll be interesting to see what what does win this. Um, you know, if they have made it a little bit easier. I mean, it's still you know the last time they were here, five under par wins. So if it's a little bit easier, I mean that it's, that's of course weather permitting. Um, you know, do they get to Double digits. I don't I know. Mark, so Norman got to 13 the year he won. So it's that's that shows you the gap. Did he? Okay. I think so. That shows you the gap that like the wind can do. I'm course. with you. I mean, it, you know, I I just want guys who are gonna make some pars, mm-hmm. a, a, avoid the big numbers, um, and and hopefully luck box into some birdies. So with that being said, like like I said, greens and regulation, um accuracy off the tee still does matter, I think. And uh, driving distance will play will play a factor as well, and then scoring on the par fives, man, you got to get those par fives. Got to get those par fives because you're going to have some big holes where things go wrong. Um, the other thing I, I didn't mention that I should have t- typical to your links courses, 
we got some big boy bunkers out here as well, like big boy bunkers that are going to cost you at least one, maybe two strokes, depending on how you lucked out into that thing. So keep that in mind as well. Makes things so much fun. Uh, Fanshiresports.com. Use promo code always press to get 20% off the package of your choice. Just a couple things to look at. Guys uh, coming in in good form over the last six events in, in DK scoring. Sam Burns, Morikawa, Spieth, English, and well, he's only got two tournaments, so I'll cancel him out. Abraham Answer checks the boxes there. Um, last six events on Lynx style courses Brooks Kepka, Bobby Mack, Xander, Henrik Stenson, Justin Rose, and Ricky Fowler. And then when we were looking at last six events on par 77,000 to 7,200 yards, you got Webb, uh, Shoffle, Billy Ho, Kevin Kisner checking the boxes there. So it's a loaded field. We're going to start, we're going to say it a million times. That all the pricing is, yeah, Dom says, 40-foot bunker on the front nine that is called the coffin. So that'll tell you what you need to know right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, with that being said, we're going to say the pricing is crazy because it's a major event. So there's going to be a lot of guys priced in goofy stuff here. But let's start it off here, Jesse. 10K and above. You got uh, Rom at 11.3, Rory at 10.9, Brooks at 10.7, DJ 10.4, Xander 10,000. What are you liking up top? Uh, I mean, start with Rom. Obviously, it's hard to argue against that. You know, the kind of golf that he's played uh, over the last month, especially F- finished seventh at the Scottish Open um, last week. He was leading uh, after Friday, and then I quit paying attention. I don't even know who won that event, but um, and then obviously won the U.S. Open. He was going to win the Memorial before he had the WD, and before that, he finished in the top ten. He finished eighth at the PGA Championship. So. Back-to-back top tens, including a win at majors. I just don't see how, like, you argue against him. I mean, obviously, anybody above 10K here is more than – I mean, really, anybody above 8K is more than capable of winning. But um, he's got to be the heavy favorite, and, and he is for, obviously, a, a good reason. Uh, man, I, I guess I'm going to have to go to Xander. Just my model likes him. Uh, come off now the top we 10. all know, guys. Now we all yeah, know. It's yeah, been said. So, Go ahead and f- there's some fade material if you tuned in for that. Uh, top 10th Scotch Open, 7th at the U.S. Open, 11th at Memorial. I mean, just playing really, really good golf right now. And again, my model just loves him. You know, DJ obviously finished second here. You can make an argument for him. Brooks is, you know, he is what he is. I don't know why Rory's 10-9. He missed the cut last week at the Scottish Open, finished 59th at the Irish Open. I know he topped 10th at the U.S. Open, but that's kind of an odd price to me. I feel like he's overpriced there. I mean, I don't know who you would put up there by Rom, but it, really Rom should probably be like 11-5, and the next guy should be like close to 10-5. Yeah, I think Rory's a favorite as he is. I think Rory's a 10-9. Like he missed the cut, yeah, but then prior to that second, fourth, fifth. So, Well, I mean – I don't. Bef- you mean before the missed cut last week? He was second. Fourth no, fourth? I, I was talking about the recent format at the Open Championship. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Well, just coming in. So he's obviously he's played well in the in the past few, but I don't know, man. He's in a yeah. he's in kind of a weird place. I mean, he's, he's he got to win this year, which it's just weird to say that. It just doesn't feel like he's. I forgot about the Wells Fargo, but still. Anyways, he he's probably going to be the least popular up here. I would imagine. Um. With Rom being the most popular, then then probably I would imagine Xander, uh, and then DJ and Brooks kind of, I don't know, man. I, you can probably get some guys up here that at, at low ownership, I would say, because 
a lot of people probably think like me and I'm, I'm not really feeling anybody really that, that much above 10 K besides Rom, but I don't really want to pay that much for him. You know? No, no, that makes total sense to me. I can't, can't argue that one at all, but it'll be a uh, quite interesting to, uh, to see how it goes. Cause Rom should be super popular as you mentioned. Uh, and I don't mind him. I would definitely put him towards the top of the list. If you're going to pay all the way up, like you said, coming in a phenomenal form, I rarely ever Rory. So I probably won't start this week. It's just one of those deals. DJ could be a nice low on pick as well, I think. I think he, he's kind of getting overlooked here because he's coming in some weird form, especially at the Open Championship, 51st, miscut, 54th, last three times at the Open. But uh, Xander's going to be very popular, and he's playing great golf, as you said. So it'll probably keep me off of Xander, which will stink when he actually finally wins one of these. But um, for me, it's Rom, and then I'm going Brooks. Brooks is playing some good golf right now. T4, T39, T6, T10 in his four trips to the Open Championship. And if you look at his recent form coming in here, T5 of the Travelers, T4 at the U.S. Open, missed the cut at the Palmetto because, as we said before, why does he care about the Palmetto Championship? <laughs> and then T2 at the PGA. So you take out that little Palmetto tournament, and you hey, you can take out the Travelers if you want to be fair. T2 at the PGA, T4 at the U.S. Open. Like, this is what Brooks does, people. Big game hunting. And he's coming to the to the uh, the Open Championship. Uh, people probably are thinking, Rom this, you know, DJ, whatever. I think Brooks at 10-7, if he comes in low-owned, I'm going to be jumping on that in, in a big, big way. So for me, it's Brooks and it's uh, Rom up here. But like a broken record, if I have it my way, I'm just starting in the 9K range anyways. <laughs> That's just what I'm going to do. Um, I love – like balanced approaches could be very popular this week. It could also be, you know, scars and scrubs because there's justifiable low sevens and 6K guys. I put a, a, a lineup in the Slack chat the first time I looked at the uh, pricing this morning on mo- Monday morning. And I'm like, tell me how this doesn't six to six. I know it won't because <laughs> whenever you feel that confident, like something stupid's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But it's like I looked at this going, no guys like under seventy three hundred dollars. No guys over like ninety six. Like, how does this not like? It seems too easy. So we'll see. But uh, getting to the nine k range here, we got Bryson at ninety nine, Spieth at ninety seven, JT at ninety six, Usti at ninety three, Morikawa and Hovland ninety two and ninety one making their first appearance at the Open Championship, and Tyrell Hatton at nine thousand. What are you looking at here in the nine K range? Um, Jordan Spieth, uh, for sure, ninety seven hundred. Obviously, past winner um, played the U.S. Open nineteenth, Memorial eighteenth, second Charles Schwab Challenge. He's got a win this year back at the Texas Open in in April. He's playing well. I, I've heard that you know people think he's going to be popular, or whatever. I feel like it's going to be one of those types of things where he gets touted up so much that people fade him and he doesn't come in as high owned. That's that's my thought process on it. Could be completely wrong on that, obviously, but I'm playing Jordan Spieth. Uh, I, Louis Ustase and paying 9300 for him is odd, but, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's playing really well, um, and obviously he's a past event winner as, you know, as well. And then Morikawa at 9200 um, He was coming off a of 71st last week, but before that he was fourth at the U.S. Open, second at the Memorial Finished eighth at the PGA Championship, playing very well. Minus you know that seventy first, still made the cut last week. Whatever. Um, I really kind of wanted to play Hovland, and, and my model likes him, but man, I don't know if I can like trust his short game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, very important this week. Very yeah, important. I mean, <laughs> he did scramble very well at the BMW that he won. Um, I guess it was two weeks ago now. Uh, but before that, you know, I mean, he's it, it's really sketch with him. So. Kind of makes me concerned, um, and every time I play him, it's like me playing Xander. It just sucks. 
Yeah, when when Hovland wins, it sounds simple. When he wins, it's because a short game figured out that week. So it's like one of those, like you kind of want to play him because you know he's got every other tool in the bag. Did he bring the last piece of it or not? Like what, what's it going to be this week? So I get it. Maybe and he probably comes in low on because one of the big narratives, like I kind of mentioned earlier, is past history at the open period is very important in this event. Yeah. Like you could go through all the different trends, like X amount of rounds in the top 10 here and blah, blah all these different things. So he's already going to be behind the eight ball in that theory of the argument. So probably comes in low owned in that respect to begin with. So if you want to go Vic, I, I can see your your argument for that for sure. Um, for me in this 9K range, it, um, I'm definitely not playing Bryson DeChambeau. If he wins, he wins. That's fine. Uh, Spieth at 97 is going to be very popular. But I think he's a great play, as you mentioned. Uh, playing around on, on Fantasy National like I just did. I did um, just for fun because I, I, I'm, tr- I'm learning how to use the tools here, people. But uh, I did difficult courses. The length of the course, seven, seven, par seventy, and everything, but with the windy factor involved, and he is the in this field, he is the fourth best DK score uh, over the last you know X amount of years of this event. So he he plays very well here, as you'd expect. He checks those boxes, and uh, he's playing awesome golf right now. So I have no problem going there. But I like some pivots off of him. I love JT at ninety six, coming in off a really really good week at the Scottish Open. You can look that way for Justin Thomas. Uh, $9,600 is very cheap for JT. Eighth of the Scottish Open, and that includes duffing a three-wood out of the uh, the fairway. Did you at least catch that, Justin? I did not see that, no. Was that on the I, weekend? Yes, I will send that to you because I saw it all over Twitter. It I did beautiful. watch a, a lot of golf. It's, go up on a little side uh, rant for just a second. I watched a lot of the uh, the Scottish Open on Thursday and Friday because it was on when I woke up. And, you know, the fucking coverage for that is insane. So much better than anything we can get on Thursday or Friday, maybe even Saturdays for the PGA Tour. It's crazy. Yeah, the European Tour does that right all the time. Like, they're so good at it. So um, Weird yeah, to me. Definitely. They, yeah, yeah, it is very weird. You'd think it might be different, but I guess it shows you how much commercials people love to get that money for in yeah, the U.S. I guess. Um, but yeah, Scottish Open played well there. T19 at the U.S. Open. You know, he's, he's playing rough for a while there, but his last two events, he's looked much better. So I think JT is definitely someone... That uh, checks the box for me at 96. I'm with you. Like, I really, really want to play Usti before I even saw the pricing. I'm like, okay, it's Usti week. Here we go. Major time. 93 is a little tough, a little tricky. Has played. It's, it, it's tough. I will say the one thing about that is it should lower his, keep his Yes, yes. Should. Yeah. Well, and then if you look at his stats, like if I use my, and I'm going to tweak, play around with different like search functions here, but just for fun on this one, the same thing I was talking about with Speeth. He's like uh, he's twenty third in the field in DK scoring. Uh, he's twelfth or thirteenth in stroke gain total. Uh, and if you're talking about approach game, he's twenty fifth. So these aren't like top like they're more like eighty three hundred dollar value it looks like. But he should make the weekend. Then we've seen Usti get hot, especially of late. So he's really really intriguing at ninety three, and um, he could definitely give you some ownership leverage, like you said, because he should come in low owned. So I like the appeal of Usti in that range. And then the other guy I had written down here. Oh, that's it. I only had those three: Spieth, JT, and Usti are the main ones for me. I'm kind of, for the most part, I have a couple debutantes in mind, but I'm trying to avoid most of them as we as we go through this. Uh, 8K range now. we got Cantley at 89, Reed at 88, Matsuyama's gone, Casey 86, Willie Z 85, Fino 84, Webb 83, Scheffler 82, Scott 81, Rose and Fleetwood at 8,000. Who you like in here? Uh, start with Paul Casey at 8,600. Uh, he finished 54th here back in 2011. Come off a 36th place finish at the Travelers, uh, top 10 at the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship this year. So he's playing really well. Um, Scheffler, man, I, he surprised me last week. I didn't expect his 
came to translate so well to the Scottish Open, um, and he finished 12th. So I think he's viable. I, I do think he will be have higher ownership than he would have if he didn't play it, or if you know if he didn't play so well. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood at eight thousand would be my last guy that I'm really focused on here. Um, I think it's time to start going back to Tommy. He's playing so- more solid golf than he was earlier in the year. Four straight made cuts for him. Two straight top twenty, basically what are tw- top twenty fives. Finished twenty six last week, um, and both of those events were, uh, you know, across the pond over the Irish Open, the Scottish Open. So those would be my guys. I'm focused on the eight K range. Yeah, I like Patty Reed, of course. It's uh, one of those. I was going to say, is it a Pat Pat Reed week? I like him. Like it's weird though. If I look at that little like little model I built here, he's sixty seventh in the field at DK scoring. So we want much more than that at eighty eight. Like he makes cuts. He does great in those regards. You look at at the Open Championship of late, tenth t twenty eight miscut t twelve t twenty. So t twenty and three of the four cuts he made. That's outstanding. Eighty eight hundred bucks. Like if you need a guy that can scramble, Reed's one of your best. Like he can do that. Better than pretty much anybody out there, except maybe Jordan Spieth, maybe. But uh, Reed's really good in that, so 88 I like quite a bit. Uh, Casey at 86, I agree with what you said on that one. I do have Scheffler at 82. I agree he will be a little more popular, but I had him last week as a very, very low-owned play at the Scottish, which he was. He'll be more popular this week, but I'm intrigued, especially if it gets windy. He can play in those wins like he had in Texas, so uh, I, I like him at 8,200. And then I got the Fleetwood one. I'm with you there. You know, second, 12th, and 27th, his last three. And he is a very, very good scorer, and he's going to just eighth at the top ten in a lot of the stroke gain stats on these windy, uh, windy situations. So you got him, and then Adam Scott. Adam Scott at eighty-one is very, very intriguing to me, Jesse. Um, I know it's not fun with Adam Scott; it's stressful with Adam Scott. But he's made five straight cuts at the Open, including uh, let's say four twenty seconds or better at the. Oh no, that's Justin Rose. Sorry, Scott. Yeah, got four twenty seconds or better. He's done that very, very well, and he's made um, a handful of cuts in the row, which is nice to see because he was very, very sketchy uh, in total. Like he had a, um, a 13th of trailer, 35th of the U.S. Open, 16th of the Memorial, so three straight made cuts there. Made four of his last five. He didn't, cut, he didn't get the PGA Championship. That was tough. That's a tough And he's a guy that plays great in these conditions in his career. Really, really good in these conditions. Him and Fleetwood are almost identical when it comes to the strokes gained overall type stuff. So Scott at 81 could be very intriguing as well. Him and Fleetwood for nice little savings in that range also. All right. When we drop down into the 7K range, 79 to 75, Lowry, Fitz, Cam Smith, Leishman, Neiman, J-Day, Garcia, M. M is not going to be there either. Abraham Answer, Lee Westwood, Phil Mickelson, and that's it. So what do you have in this range? Uh, I got a question for you after this over. Oh, not after I talk here, and uh, I think you probably already know what what it is. But yep, uh, Shane, <laughs> Shane Lowry. Um, the answer is yes. By the way, <laughs> the, the uh, Shane Lowry is the defending champion, correct? Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, okay, defending champion. Twenty uh, third last week at the Irish Open. I think he's very playable there at seventy nine. I think it's man. I think it's J Day time again. So he. <laughs> He played here in, in 2011, finished 30th. Two straight top 15s for him. Now, these are at the Travelers and the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Not necessarily majors, um, except for in their respective cities. Uh, made the cut to the PGA Championship. I think he's figuring some shit out. I think he's worth playing at 77. Garcia at 76, finished in ninth place here back in way back in 2011. 
three straight top 20s for him. Again, you know, not comp, except for maybe the U.S. Open where he finished 19th. Um, and that's following four straight missed cuts before that. So I like Sergio at 70, at 76. Um, I think there's plenty of like guys to look around at and play with in this range. Um, you know, Leishman, obviously a good win player. Cam Smith tends to play well on links types of courses. At least he does in my mind. I could be wrong about that. Um, I don't have anything. I don't have any hard data to back it up. Uh, but he's kind of coming in with some wonky form 30th miscut miscut. I, I kind of want to go to him, but then again, like, I don't know if I can trust it, uh, but the price is good on him at 78. I think he's, you know, if you're building 150 lineups, I would put him in at least 10% or so. Yeah. Cam Smith, he's the fourth DK scorer in my model here. Like he, I, I'm with you when I was first making my list. I'm like, I don't really think I want to Cam Smith his form and all this. If it's a windy, windy event, he plays very well in these conditions. So it is something to keep in mind. And um, would you like Fred, to ask? Well, just real quick before I get to that, okay. every, people need to know that you were very anti-model for the longest time. Yep. Well, I and still have my notepad right here. With I know you do. You and Kevin <laughs> are like the last two holdouts in the industry. And, and Kevin jumped on this before I, I did. did. <laughs> he's been, he's been on national fancy national for a while, but just, just want to, I just want to point that out. I mean, if, if, Bubba's going there, people. You know, it's it's, time. it's good stuff. I'm just lazy half the time, and I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm always the guy like I see it. It's in my brain. We just go with it. But uh, you, you look at the, you know, they make pretty green colors to make it easier for you. I'm with you. So the question is, is it Matt Fitzpatrick week? Uh, hell yes, it is. And damn it, did he play so well last week? <laughs> like, I had this one circled for a while because like he was slowly getting back into form. Like he wasn't like you know top ten machine like he was for a while there. He was slowly getting it back, and then I was just like, okay, just kind of. Make the cut and have some fun this week. Just do that. No, he has to make the cut and play really, really, really good this week. Is what he has to do. Like he almost won that. He should have won that thing. He finished second. He kind of let that one go at the end there. But a T10 at the Palmetto, T55 US Open, T23 at the PGA, uh, 14th at Heritage, a couple missed cuts there also. Yeah, this is a this is a setup that plays very, very well for Mr. Fitzpatrick. So I will be ju- jumping back on that train. Problem is, is he's going to be really popular this week. Really pop. Well, I say that he never is, though. He never is. People just go right past him. He should be popular this week. So I like Fitzy. I, I definitely do. Um, I think your Cam Smith plays a phenomenal pivot off of him if he's chalky. Yeah, I think it's a great pivot off of him. So something to do there. I'm on Shane Lowry with you. I've been playing him a lot lately because no one else does. And he makes cuts. And if he runs hot, he can top 10 it for you. But at worst, more often than like majority of the time, he's making cuts, which is which is awesome. So I like that as well. And a couple other guys here. I'm glad you said it first because I'm on J-Day as well. Like mm-hmm. it's hard to ignore the current form, the yeah. past history at Open Championships because you play golf a lot too, Jesse. Like course setups and like just environment – you got to get like a, a linksy, windy course can ruin a lot of people. Like it really can. So the fact these guys can do it time and time again, like I remember back to when Jade Egg had an uphill birdie putt to force a playoff thing against Zach Johnson that year, and he left it like two feet short on the 18th hole, and I just wanted to like break something for him. It was like you'd never leave it short, just, uh, but that just shows you he's contended in these pretty well. So I'm with you on Jade Day. Um, it's scary that we're both on him, but 7,700 bucks. Very good price tag for the upside that he brings to the table. So Lowry, Fitz, J-Day, and the only other guy I have here, Lee Westwood, five straight made cuts at this event, T4 last go-round. I know it's been a little sketchy since he had that really, really hot run there for a while, but seems like he's getting back into form, 35th at the Open, 46th at the U.S. Open. 
T71 at PGA, but 21st to Byron Nelson. It hasn't been like that run he was on, but getting back in this kind of environment, maybe not, maybe more cash game than tournament upside, but I like what he brings to the table at 7,500 bucks. And um, for you model people out there, for this one I put together, he is the number one DK scorer in the model. Number one. So Lee Westwood at 75, it, it surprised me, but uh, he's, yeah. he's in play. That's right. Uh, seven. Yeah. Now I know I when Jesse was, I don't know why this guy ranks so high on my model, but he's like <laughs> second. <laughs> and then he watched the week and then he finishes like seventh. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's why. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, 7K to 7,400 bucks. Who are you looking at? Uh, Daniel Berger at 7,400. I think he's playable. I, I've heard his name quite a bit. I think he'll be popular. So I don't know how much you really want to go there. I, I'd rather go to like Bezenhoop, man, at 74. Um, so the guy, I don't know where, when the last time he missed a cut, he hasn't missed a cut since at least January 10th. Uh, so more or less this whole entire year, I mean, his finishes aren't necessarily like they're not outstanding, but if you're looking for a guy who's just going to make, you know, potentially who has a good chance to make the cut or should make the cut 7,400, uh, Bobby Mack at 73, um, 18th place finished last week, made the cut to, uh, us open, made the cut to PJ championship. Made the cut at the Masters. Um, so going for the four for four made cuts uh, this year at majors. Harris English at 7,300. Coming off the win, third place at the U.S. Open. I feel like this is a bit of a misprice on him. Um, I, I don't know what his Open Championship uh, history is like, but... My English? Yeah. He played here in 16 and 15 and made the cut both years. There you go. Uh the model likes my model likes Thomas Dietrich. Uh, he's coming off a second place at, at last week, and before that, it was three straight missed cuts. Now, that was the Irish Open, U.S. Open, PJ Championship. Before that, he made a bunch of cuts in a row, mostly on the European tour. Uh, so keep that in mind. I've heard people mention Kokrak, but then talk about the fact that they don't want to play him because of bunkers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it, when do they not? When does the PJ tour go to a course without bunkers? <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, so like we're not going to play him because he's not purposely hitting them in there either. Like, right. <laughs> the goal is it's not just, to hit out of them to begin it's with. Just kind of an odd reason to fade somebody. I mean, he's playing well, obviously. Won the Charles Schwab uh a little over you know about six weeks ago or whatever. Yeah, distance. yeah I mean, you know, at, at seven at, at that price at seventy two hundred, I like him quite a bit myself. Um Poulter, 7,200. Guy's just a grinder. Another, like, if you're playing cash, a, a guy that I would consider for that. Um, fourth place at the Scottish Open last week. Hasn't missed a cut since the Wells Fargo at the beginning of May. Uh, and then and then Guido uh, down at 7,100. I, I do think he'll be more highly owned um, just because a lot, of, a lot of people in the industry are on him now, and, and like Mayo and guys who drive ownership a lot more than – uh, me and you do. Let's just put yeah, it that definitely, way. Uh, definitely. So, but but you know, four straight make cuts for him. Uh, he's kind of cooled off a little bit. He did finish thirty fifth last week. Um, but either way, you know, playing really good golf at seventy one hundred bucks. So, yep. And he is Andrew Kirst. So have fun with that one. Oh, is he really? He was one of the three guys that he picked to win. Yes. Who are the other two? Uh, now I'm going to brain fart. I want to. Uh, I can't remember. Right. I, I knew Guido stood out like a sore thumb. I was like, gotcha. oh. That one, that's going to be interesting. Well, that's, um, that, that, because it makes you, because you're like, well, that's very easy for me to fade him now. Yeah. 
real quick. Uh, for me, I am a hundred percent on the Bez train with you. I'm, like this, this seven thousand to seventy four hundred dollar range, you could really have the ownership fun here because Bez usually comes in low owned. He's seventy four hundred, like that one quite a bit. This guy will be a little more popular as he should be by now, but. I've been team Bobby Mack since Bobby Mack was like a thing. So uh, we're going to continue that. That lefty T6 at the Open in 2019, coming in in great form at that, that uh, Scottish Open. He, he dialed it up there quite a bit. Uh, T18, he kind of struggled over the week, like Sunday. I don't know. You know, he's under under 70 every round, but really never pulled it away. But U.S. Open T35, T49 uh, at the PGA, T8 at the British Masters, 12th at the Masters, like – only cut the dudes made his missed in his last 10 with the players championship where he was three over. So I'm pretty sure that was on the number. Um, he's been playing outstanding golf. So Bobby Mack at 73, I'll jump on that train. Uh, English, I like a 73 because of the form he has coming in. And now it gets fun. Any interest in Ricky Fowler, who was a T six last time he makes almost every cut at the British open, which is crazy to think about, but the form's nasty. No. Okay. That's a, it's an interesting one because he's played phenomenal <laughs> at these events. Like the, just, thing about, the thing about I'm, Ricky I'm, is I'm with you, it's just weird. Especially in like big GBPs, he'll be overowned. Like he was 20% on the travelers and he missed the cut. True. I mean, I know he's coming off of back to back top 11s. Um, it did drop down a little bit to 7% at the Rocket Mortgage, but still, I, I mean, I don't know, man. Like I'm just, I've just never been a Ricky guy. Yeah, I'm with you. A couple other guys now that make it interesting. Brendan Grace, four to five last five opens has made the cut here, including a T6 back in 2017. He plays very well in the wind. He had that wind in, uh, I believe it was the Bahamas, or one of those tournaments, the Puerto Rico uh, Open or something like that, where it was windy as hell down there. So picked up that W, and he's coming off a of 54th Scottish Open, T7 at the U.S. Open, 4th at the Memorial, uh, T38 at the PGA. So he's playing some pretty good golf. Um, Alexander Norin. This is a fun one because he didn't do what people wanted him to do last week to, for starters. But when it comes to the the Open Championship, four for four on made cuts with an 11th, 17th, and 6th the last three years. And uh, he checks the boxes in the windy situation model. So uh, he's another guy that that really stands out as someone quite interesting to me on this. Like Grace, where, where the heck did Norin go? Um, well, he's on here somewhere. But um, – He's in play at 7,200. Danny Willett at 71. Another guy made five straight cuts, including the sixth last go around at T6 back in 2015 as well. Coming in in, in okay form. You know, it's Danny Willett, so not the greatest of form, but miscut the Scottish Open 67th, 26th, 64th, 11th. Um, so 7,100 bucks could run hot at the Open Championship. Burn Weisberger at 71 is another guy. So that's why I said you can play some some uh, leverage here. Three out of four made cuts here to the 32nd last go around. And the last guy I'll mention here, and if we want to talk about horrible current form, Matthew Kuchar is your guy. But when it comes to open championships, he's a beast. So it's almost like if, if you like the idea of playing Ricky Fowler, you can play Kuchar for 300 less and a lot less ownership is my the way I look at it. Kuchar loves playing in the, in the opens, just rough, rough current form. So that's where I'm at in this range. What do you got in the 6K range? Uh, start with uh, Ryan Palmer at 6900 bucks, coming off the uh, fourth place finish last week. Right, real quick, real quick. I say something. Sorry. Yep. I just found Norn. He is tied with Lee Westwood as the number one DK scorer in this model. That's what it was. Okay, as you were. <laughs> so Ryan Palmer, uh, fourth last week. Uh, he played this event back in 2011, finished 30th. Uh, Stuart Sink at 6,900 bucks, past winner, finished uh, 30th here in 2011. Um, hasn't missed a cut since the players way back in March. Those are my two main guys. Some other guys that you could consider. 
Aaron Rye, uh, Ray, I don't know how you really say his last name, R-A-I, 6800 bucks. I think he's fine. Uh, and then way down, Antoine Rosner, $6,400. Um, the model likes him as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's some names down here. You know, it's just a matter of – Are you, you know, going to eat the Burns truck? Yeah. The who? No. Sam Burns truck, $6,300. Everyone's talking about him. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I, I've, I've seen that too, and I would I would fade that all day long. Yeah. Like, we've seen him run good, but uh, the way he can spray the ball at times, this could get ugly quick too. Like, real quick. <laughs> yeah. So, I just – I'm like, if he wins, like, kudos. Like, awesome. Do something, buddy. But he's going to be probably – Usually the sick tick guys aren't super chalky, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's in the twenty percent range. Good to start and scrub approach. So sorry, back to where you were. That's it. Okay. I'm done. Um, I like sink at sixty nine. I'm with you there. I go kids as well. Uh, starting to play a little better golf, getting into form, and plays very well at the opens. Uh, four straight made cuts. T thirty, T two his last two times out here. Shorter course. You get some roll out there in the links. And he's got a very good short game. So that could play really well for Kevin Kisner in a format like this. Uh, Richard Bland, for those that might think that name sounds familiar, it's because the U.S. Open, he was leading it going to the weekend, finished 50th. But he has 15th at the Scottish Open, 4th at the Irish, 3rd at the Maiden Hummerland, 1st at the British Masters, T27 at the Canary Islands. Those are all the other events around the U.S. Open. He's actually playing great golf. Yeah. So he's interesting at 60, and he's, and he's an Englishman. So like, this will be not foreign to him at all. So that's very interesting at 6,800 bucks. Like if people pay attention, it'll stand out, but people might just remember the U S open and be like, nah, I'm good. So it'll be, and Aaron Rye has been kind of the more popular name the last few weeks. So I'm curious there. So bland at 68 is interesting. Charlie Hoffman, 67, man. And if we're talking about approach game, he's one of the best iron players in golf. And when you look at the U S or the, the open championship history, four straight made cuts here, the 17th and 20th and 17 and 18. So I don't mind Hoff at 67. Ryan Fox is interesting. You mentioned Rosner. Um, Scrivener is interesting at 63. And if you just want one YOLO play, I'm not because I won't name off everybody. If you want one YOLO play, Dean Burmeister at 6,100 bucks. Just almost say Dean Burmeister, 6,100 bucks. I'm pulling up his numbers here because I have to scroll quite a bit to get to him. But um, I had him written down for you. He is a very, very good Euro Tour player. Uh, and that's so might not stand out, but 35th the Scottish, miscut at the Irish, 70th the International. 59th at the PGA Championship, 6th at the British Masters, 4th at Canary Island, and he won an event, the Tenerfee Open. So he's not elite, but he might be able to make the cup for you at 6200 bucks. So the reason I brought him up is him. You mentioned Scrivener, Rosner, those kind of guys. Burns is going to be super popular. So if you still want to do stars and scrubs, I'd use one of those guys is why I wanted to bring them up. Um, Dominic, uh, Dom Walton says Chan Kim. Chan Kim is the one uh, there. And he says also 6K range, random Euro guy who plays Lynx golf all the time is more valuable than Sam Burns at Super Chalk in the US Open. The Open. <laughs> you are very, very, that's why I mentioned those other guys. They've been here. They've done that. So it's something to think about. All right, let's recap things real quick. Jesse, 10K and above, who you like? Rom. Um, I'll go Brooksy. Brooksy. Um, 9K range, who you like? Spieth. I'll go JT. 8K range, go with two. Uh, Paul Casey and Tommy Fleetwood. I'll go with uh, Reed and Fleetwood as well. 75 to 79, go ahead and go two. Um, Jason Day and Cam Smith. I'll go with Fitzpatrick and Lowry. Uh, 7K to 74, go two. Bazin Hooten, English. Bobby Mack and um, Bazin Hoot as well for me. Uh, 6K range, who's your top one? 
Palmer. I, but like, I think it'll be popular, so the, the pivot is sink. Yeah, I like that. I think I'm going to go Kisner for now. But if, if Hoffman's low-owned, saving 200 bucks, that could be quite – like I was kind of surprised to see him below some other guys there in that price range. Um, cash is okay this week. It's still sketchy because the tournament's going to go wild. But if you're starting a cash lineup, what do you like? Uh, like I said, Poulter I think is 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 cash viable um, just because of his just kind of the way he is. Uh, Bezenhut would potentially be there too if you're like you know down there kind of in the low seven Ks. And then if you're up top, um, you know it's about play somebody like Paul Casey. Yeah, I'd, I'd put uh, Spieth, Fitz, and Bobby Mack would be my first three in cash. You could build around that pretty pretty easily, I think. Uh, GPPs, give me three guys. Um, John Rahm, Palmer, and then uh, Jason Day. Yeah, I'm going to give you three guys in the middle, and then you can decide if you want to go top and bottom with it, whatever you want to do. But I'll start with Day, Bobby Mack, and Brandon Grace. Then you can decide where you want to go with the rest of it. Balanced or stars and scrubs from there. Um, with that being said, Jesse, who you got winning this thing? Man, I was looking at odds there. I can't believe uh, Rom is like half the price of the next guy. Um, yeah, it is. So, uh, you know, you got a little bit of, of value on um, somebody like Paul Casey at 40 to 1. Uh, you know, it, it, I don't know that any of these guys down low would win, but, you know, speed at 18 is not terrible. Um, Xander at 18 as well. I think Fitz at 33 and Reed at 40 stand out as interesting to me. Those seem like decent values. I'm also kind of homer when we start talking about those guys. I'll be honest about that. But uh, they stand. I, I agree, though, when you start going down farther, it doesn't really seem like a lot of things that stand out to win here. But I think the long shots have done pretty well at this event, uh, at this course overall. Now, when it comes to open championships, long shots have done as well. To keep in mind, it's kind of one of those tough scenarios there. Uh, Z Chronic says Hoffman, everyone was on him a couple weeks ago, low owned now. Agreed. Totally agree with you there. So we'll see what happens, Jesse. But it's going to be an awesome week. Any final thoughts for people putting lineups together for the open? Uh, no, not for the open. I don't know. All right. All right. We, that being said, oh, Dominic says Andy Sullivan won the British Amateur and he's top 20 and he was a late ad. So, like, there's a bunch, there's been like 15 ads, it feels like so far, and there might be yeah. more to come. So a lot can change between now and, tea, and and when we tee things off. So keep that in mind. But what we do know is an amazing golf tournament is being played <laughs> in Kentucky this this week. An amazing field. Amazing. The Corn Ferry Tour wishes they could hold. Um, what do you have for us at the Barbasol? The shaving cream. Uh, the shaving cream open. I mean, the shaving cream. Yeah, the shaving cream. Uh, so Bo Hossler coming off the miscut at eighty seven hundred. I feel like that's a low price on him in this field. Cheston Hadley at seventy nine. Also Wilco. Nian, the Nian bomber. I don't know how to say his name. Let's just call him Wilco. Uh, yeah, because we were going through. Like I was talking to some of my buddies who are members um, out at Keene or, or Champions, which it's called. Anyways, at this golf course, there are members there, and we we're going through all the holes that this guy could drive. And you know, like for example, on one, I think you can probably get there with a four iron. <laughs> That's a par four. That's you wild. know. Um, I mean, because I can hit a driver down there to like 80 yards. You know what I mean? So, and then we were just, so I, I you know, I feel like he'll, it's not a long course. Um, I'm not sure how they have the rough. I would imagine it's it's cut down. If it's not, of course, I mean, they'll get, they'll tear this place up, which I think the last time that they played here, they, it was like the winner was like 25 or yeah. close to 30 under. Sam Ryder at 7,500. Vincent Whaley at 7,400. Both those guys too. 
Uh, like especially Whaley, I feel like that's a a low price on him. Um, Kevin Twight at seventy one, Kiradex in the field seven thousand, and then you got to you got to play Josh Teeter if you're going to play this event. Yes, I mean sixty eight hundred. He finished sixth here uh, in two thousand nineteen. Um, my model actually does like him decently well, so. There you go. That's just kind of a it. Sh- it should be down. called the Josh Teeter Open. It really should, it should be. be. I mean, let's dude, be, he, let's be real about it. He gets the most. Uh, he gets the the most press and and all that kind of stuff because he is the uh, the local guy. So, um, be rooting for him and his caddy, our boy Lee. Yeah, our boy Lee. You know, I was looking at this pricing right here. I was like, I'm gonna have a few lineups. Like just looking at this right now, uh, seems like Chris Baker down here at 68. He's a birdie machine when he gets clicking. Um, I like that quite a bit. Austin Cook's played well here in the past. I remember that very clearly now. Uh, he's 6,900. But any event where you can have the highest price guy is Seamus Power. You know? <laughs> and you got my boy P. Raj at 10,000. Tom <laughs> Lewis at 99. Like, this is just screaming, play me. So um, I'm going to definitely have to have some lineups in there. Hey, I was right with P. Raj week last week. It was. So sometimes he just fits the mold but like think birdie birdie machines think corn fair yeah. like uh chesson hadley played well last week he's 79 this week as much as he's a goofball like he's he won a couple years ago for christ's sake and he's 700 bucks like he's not a scrub and so, he, was in, he was in contention a couple weeks ago too so yeah so start thinking about stuff that way of the mispricing like jesse mentioned with like hostler he's a defending low winner cook's a winner like look at guys that have played like kadire i always go to him because he's like top 50 player in the world for crying out loud he's 7600 bucks but um like go look at your models, as they say. Yeah, and look look for birdie makers. That like birdie or better. I would look at that right out the gate. So. If you have any questions about the course or whatever, I've played it a bunch. So, yep. Um, and it I I know people who will be around there, so might have a little bit of some course conditions type shit beforehand. But I I mean I don't know that's gonna help you much because it's really a luck box putting fest when these guys get on this course. How's the weather supposed to be? Because I think it was when Herman won it. Herman won it last time, right? Jim Herman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember he was like sweating through every shirt he ever put on. Oh, it's it was so hot and humid. Oh, it'll be hot. Like I was out in my backyard today, messing with my garden and just pouring sweat. Like not even really doing much. So it's gonna be hot and humid. Uh, there's there's a chance of rain every day because we live in a fucking rainforest. So. <laughs> I mean, it's just how it is. Like it, th- there'll be thunderstorms, you know, throughout, and there's pretty much a like a basically a fifty percent chance of rain every day. So, well, I don't know about you guys, but I am pumped for the shaving cream <laughs> open. Now. The like, good thing I'm about it is, it. man, it'll be on, uh, you know, when on I, when North DC, Channel. Yeah, I'll be yeah, able to watch it on, the afternoon on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> so we're good. Exactly. <laughs> no, the thing is, any golf fan should want to play this because at least we know these golfers. It's not like yeah. it's, you know, some random stuff. And Hey, well, there's some randoms. In there. Well, there are, but it'd be nice if one of these days, I know it'll never happen and people can probably turn off the show by now if you want, <laughs> but it, it'd be nice if one of these days, DK at least gave them a little bit of decent contest. Cause people would play it. People would hundred percent play. Oh it yeah. If the contests were there. Yeah. So one yeah, of these days, they, one of these uh, this week, but you know, yeah. they all, it's all in on them on the, the open championship, which would make sense, but it does. It does. So we'll see either way. So, but we'll wrap it up right there. Make sure you check out the podcast at Always Press DFS. Jesse's at DFS Golf Gods. I'm at BD Intric. Enjoy it this week. We have the last major of the season plus the shaving cream open. We get two tournaments for the price of one. So go check it all out, and I will catch you guys next week. Anybody ever wonder when they were